0: Alright, we are in Colossians chapter 3, and we are at verse 10. Since we have Thanksgiving in two days, we are going to call this Thanksgiving for the new man. Now in your outlines I probably have, thankful for the new man, right? That's Okay. Uh, in my i don't I just have the new man, but it, this this is being thankful because in our last verse it actually has to go to sixteen i'm not sure what I did with the outline did I put fifteen, 15 there 14. ten to fourteen, 10 to 14. or actually I have to do sixteen
1: to 14, but yeah, but it has
0: to go to sixteen uh, I did add to it, it the fifteen and huh? sixteen yeah it's on the other side of the page. Uh, uh, or 15, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. And that's where I said, that's what we have to get to tonight. So guess where we're going to start at tonight? Right there on that one. And then we're going to work ourselves backwards to verse 10. But we won't go backwards all, you know, like
2: 14, <laughs>
0: yeah right. He's, he's way ahead, right? Yeah, well, you might as yeah. well
3: start
0: at the of so, That's right. Okay, <laughs> what are we gonna do? These things special for Thanksgiving? Yeah, right here. <laughs> so anyway, that word thankful actually is the word eucharistio, which you probably heard. Before some churches have something called the Eucharist. What is that? Well, it's really the Lord's Supper, and it's really uh, you, EU is U, uh, which is good means good, and Charistio or Charis is grace. It's good grace or good graces. Thankful. Uh, that's the idea. It's a time for giving thanks. So when there's when you have what it says here in verse 15 let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts when you have peace in your heart there will be praise on the lips and we will want to be saying thanks we we have peace and we can say thanks for everything uh, in that verse 15 he says let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful we're thankful because we were called or we are the elect, and we're thankful because of the peace of Christ that is ruling in our hearts. Those are two great things to be thankful for, aren't they? Actually, it's the whole section being thankful for the new man that has been given to us. Thankfulness is a mark of a Christian. That is what Christians do. The mark of an unbeliever is that he doesn't give thanks to God. So peace Uh, the election of God are very related to thankfulness. Closely linked because you realize what He's done for you. So what we do is we'll look back, starting at verse 10 and we can say we're thankful because the new clothes that He gave us. He gave us Something new to wear. You ever heard of that? Expression, you are what you wear. I heard you
3: are
0: what you mean. That Clothes make the man. That's right. That's 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 really good. That would have been a good title if it would have been Thanksgiving time. The clothes make the man. The new man. So anyway, um, Clothes can be actually symbolic. We know it's about what the inside is. But it's symbolic of what is on our insides. Remember we were talking about last week, put off the old clothes, put on the new. Is where, That's where we're heading into this week. Uh, new Christians, uh, back at the early church, whenever they get baptized, would take off their old clothes and put on their white, I guess you could say pristine, baptismal robes. And that was representing what happened to them. It, it uh, really showed off their new selves. This is what they're about. They are new. Uh, so that was a good picture whenever they had the baptism doing it. And people still do it. you know they have the robes and such. But we as Christians, we lay aside the old self that is the flesh, and we put on the new flesh, or, or uh, I guess you could say the new self. Um, has there been a complete transformation already? Yes, there's been a complete transformation. Now we dress spiritually according to our new identity. So we have new clothes to put on. We throw off the old lifestyle and we put on the new lifestyle of the new man. So that's the, today as we look at this we'll see new characteristics here of this new man. How does the new man think? How does the new man uh, speak? How does the new man act? So that's that's kind of the idea of this new man. Let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for this day. Thank You for this precious truth that You've given us that we were the old man and we've now become the new man. And we've taken off the old clothes of life and put on the new. And as we see this, addressed through each of these verses, Lord, that it would be applicable in our own lives. And we'd be able to see this freshly, constantly, every day. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. So, we turn to Colossians 3, verse 10, where it says, And we have put on the new self. Who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Now, in the previous verses, 5 through 9, working up to this section here, it was what we were to put off, right? We're no longer to be controlled by. Anger and malice and all those words that we studied last week. For the wrath of God is on those kind of things. The slander and the abuse of speech from the mouth and such. And even lying and that kind of thing. He says you are a new person. So in verse 10, there's an accomplished fact to believers. They're already dead to sin. That's a past fact. It's accomplished in that you can look at Second Corinthians 5. 17 this is I mean positionally where it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he's a new what creature the old things passed away behold new things have come So there it is it, as far as justification salvation is concerned it's already happened we've been forgiven. That's the way God sees us. But we're still in these bodies, still in this world, and we are now to, even though we have become new, we are to do something, do the things that show that we are dead to sin. We have put on the new self, which is being renewed to true knowledge. So we have an old self versus the new self. The old man... Is the old man converted? No. He's dead. He's not converted. He can't be. Uh, is he renewed? No. That old man is not renewed. He cannot be. He can only be replaced by the new man. So our soul is not regenerate and unregenerate at the same time. You can't have an old man and a new man living in the same spiritual, uh, or this body. We can't have the two. We're, we're not half-breeds, are we? Even though we have a battle against the flesh, at the same time, what's on, uh, on the inside of us is the Spirit of God. And so therefore, you don't have an old man and a new man. The old man is dead. That's the problem. We carry the old man around with us. A stinking body. <laughs> uh, that old man, and that you can take a dead body And can you imagine dragging it around everywhere you go? Anyway, the old self, it's depraved, it's corrupt, it's wretched. It is not regenerate. You cannot regenerate that. It's like you have the first Adam, and we were born in Adam. When we became believers and born again, who were we placed into? Into Christ. Okay. So you have a first Adam, a second Adam. There's the conflict. Romans 7, that's what we've talked about so much. The flesh is unredeemed, hates the things of the Spirit, which is the new man, and you have the spiritual battle always going on till Christ comes back. So, it says here, the new self is being renewed. Constantly renewed. Every day, it's being renewed. It's, uh, we're engaged in war, right? Battle against sin. It so easily entangles us, it says in Hebrews, chapter 12. Uh, a do-man has to continue to get stronger. The only way he can beat that sin is to be stronger. It's like somebody who is like an athlete. Uh, he must He must run, run laps. He must lift weights. He must work out. He's got to get stronger to be able to do what he's supposed to do. He has to work out, all right? So a a new man, as far as the spiritual man, has to be renewed daily. Fed with the Word of God. Working that out. bulked up. That's what happens. He has to be renewed. So that is uh, the idea of who is being renewed to a true knowledge. What's the whole goal of this? The whole purpose? Well, here we go renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. There we go. That's our goal in life. To be like Christ. To be like the very image of Christ. That's what God is doing. That's his whole goal. He's making us into a Christ-like purpose. So that's a spiritual quality of the inner man that's there. That's what's got to be uh, build up, conform to the image of Christ, found in Romans 8:29. So, to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. Uh, okay, now, verse 11. It's kind of interesting. A renewal. He's been talking about renewing a renewal, which there's no distinction. And here you have Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian. Slave, free man, Christ is all in all. What? Did, why does it he go here? It's the church? It's the church in Classe. Do you think they have Greeks there? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they have Jews there? Yeah. yeah. Um. Did, circumcision, uncircumcision. Yeah. How about barbarians? Yeah. How about Scythians? Yeah. Some of them have to come into the church. When you have church, what do you have? Anybody and everybody. That's what church is about. So, what you have here is that there's a radical change in the way that we look at people. There's really only two kinds of people in the world.
1: believers
0: and That's it. Believers and non-believers. If they're non-believers, then you see them as that they need Christ. If they're believers... They're your brothers. They're your sisters. And you're knighted as one. Yeah, Abel. It's,
2: kind of, it's always easy to see the non <laughs> because it's, like, it's, kind of, it's almost kind of easier to help them in a sense because you kind of know that they're, they don't have Christ or they've turned from Christ or they don't know Christ. It seems like it's harder to reach those who say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I do all these things. And it's like, yeah, you do, <laughs> and it just seems, I don't know, it just seems weird in a way, where it's just kind of easier to reach out to unbelievers versus believers. I'd, s-
1: I'd say maybe, I would say it's easier to reach out to the non church than the churched.
2: Right. Yeah,
1: that's the way to put
3: it.
2: Yeah. So I wasn't people sure
3: how has, to put he, it. Yeah, but... people that sit in church and act like they know mm-hmm. something and they're about something, right. they're, and they clearly... Are not. It's hard. You can't really penetrate into. They know. They have too much knowledge of Scripture in
0: their head. Yeah, I agree. But the way that it should work is what Paul is now going to illustrate, and he says, if you take off your old self, you put on the new self. Realize who you are in Christ, and that you're made in in His image. Here's what it looks like. You have all sorts of different people coming from different angles. By the way, when you become a Christian, there's a renewal that's so radical, it changes all your human relationships. Because now you start dealing with people that is in the church. People who are young Christians, some are older Christians, have different development stages. But there's something they have in common. It's, it's Christ. Um, Tertullian said this about the early church. See how these Christians love one another. The world was amazed when it watched the church. Because the church was different than they were. And they saw this kind of love happening. But did they have their problems amongst each other? Well, they do because they're still people. People that still deal with sin. But it's a lot better than it ever was before. And what he's getting at to these Colossians is he's saying, okay, you be renewed. You be like Christ. And I know that there are Jews and Greeks in this body. Now the Jews and the Greeks were different with each other. You know, you know like... Uh, uh, their backgrounds, their cultures. Uh, they probably would have hated each other before. Now they share their lives in Christ. All the barriers are knocked down. They're gone. They're dismissed. The walls are smashed. And so you get into this racial thing. The Jew would never, ever before ever enter a Gentile house. That They wouldn't eat with them. They, they would not want to hang out with them. But you'd never go into their house, never eat with them. And that's a Jew and the, the Greek. The gospel comes in, breaks down that barrier. Now, people still had difficulty with that, and even Peter did. So, but God made it clear what that was about. So, there, you know, the religious circumcision, that needed no longer to be an issue, uh, cultural. Look at this, Greek Jews, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian. Now the barbarian was considered by most people, especially the Greeks, to be inarticulate and stammering. Their speech was, you know, it sounded like the bar, 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 bar. You know, that's why they were called uh, 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 this negative term by the Greeks. That's literally why they were called barbarians. Well, they certainly looked down upon them if you were a Greek. Or if you were a Jew, you would look at those people, think less. Now, there were Scythians that were even worse. They were hated. They were feared by a lot of people. They were nomadic. They were warlike. They were known as savages. And they were violent. They were arrogant. They drank the blood of the first enemy that they killed in the battles. They made napkins of the scalps that they would take. They would drink bowls of the skulls uh, 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 from the skulls. Drinking bowls would be skulls of the ones that they'd killed. They had the most filthy, terrible habits. And uh, they never washed with water. You can imagine the stench that they had. These are Scythians. They were the worst. So
1: the barbarians are sounding like pretty
0: good people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're saying. It's saying here barbarians. And it goes to the Scythians. Everybody knew about the Scythians. Can you imagine a Scythian sitting in your church? I didn't know what it was. With the Greek there and barbarians. And that's what's happening in Colossae. And Jesus broke down the barrier. But yet they're still dealing with this. But he says, hey, here's what Christ looks like. And remember who he went to. It went to everybody, right? Okay, now catch this. Josephus, who is an historian, during the time of Jesus, said this, The Scythians delight in murdering people and are a little better than the wild beast. Can you imagine when the church met, it had in the same room, Jews and Greeks and Scythians, and now they loved each other.
2: It makes me think of our society today where you have the higher ups which would be the Jews and then kind of like the middle class Gentiles and then everybody else and like all the way down to
1: gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> <We think the laughs> inter-
0: yeah, that's what they are. That's what, that's what they'd be. They'd be the lowest of the, the scum. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: uh, they had some habits. That's right. They wanted to help them break their
0: mm-hmm. the oh, How about this? Slaves and free man? Okay. He's your slave. But you're in the church, and you're equal with each other now. What a weird situation that was! Uh, when they became saved, they became brothers, baptized in Christ. This was happening. That was what was going on in Colosse and all over the the known world, you know. And uh, they even died together, persecuted together, worshiped together. But Christ came in, smashed all the barriers, and so here here we are. As he says there in verse 11. Now, he just said, put on the new man. Remember, your, your guy over here is a, now a brother of you. And he's going to develop this as he uses verse 12 with hard-hitting, positive terms of the way a new man looks. How he's characterized by this. So there's descriptions found in verse 12.
1: Now that makes sense when talk about who
0: those people were. Isn't this developed? You wonder why that verse was right there. He's setting it all up because do you think that maybe they had a few problems in the church? <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> That's
2: right. Go pick my grapes. Wait, please.
0: <laughs> oh, Slave, kind of free man. He's drinking
2: blood.
1: Uh, you, I think you have to kind of address those uh, old lifestyles. Oh I wonder if they wanted to get baptized. <laughs> 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 That's almost died down a little extra longer. It's a little soap in that so <laughs> <out. laughs> Oh man.
0: Okay, so how does he start off with it? This is beautiful. This is really good. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. Okay, he says this. Those who are in the church, what are they? They're chosen. Did you choose God? No. Did He choose you? That's right, He did. People do not choose to become a new man. It is God's sovereign grace that comes in and kills the old man and puts in a new man. So election did not, did not depend upon anything you have done, whether it be good or bad. Scythian, a Scythian is not the church. Was it because you know what? <laughs> he shouldn't be here. and God chose him.
2: Ooh, it had to be some really strong believers in there, like leave the Scythians
0: alone. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit better be working here, right? Wow. So it's all by His grace, all by His glory, uh, just, uh, and I've got tons of passages, but you know what? I'm not going to go through all those, because we'll never get through this text tonight. Because we're thankful that we're this new man, and what's a new man look like? Well, it starts off with the fact that we were chosen. By the way, when were we chosen? Foundation. Before the foundation of the world. So we go to uh, 1 Peter 2. How about this? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. One of my
3: favorite songs.
0: Don't you like that? <laughs> he has called you out of darkness, out of darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. So he says you are a chosen race. You've been elected. Uh, he's talking about the church here. All, all believers. Now turn to Second Peter chapter 1. It's all God's doing. So when he reminds them of that, it's like, that's how the Scythian got in there. That's how the barbarian got in there. That's how the Jew got in there. That's how the Greek got in there. So, uh, oh, it's not, it's not that. Uh, no, it actually is going to be... Uh, since I was in, in uh, Peter there, let's think of that. But actually, it's in Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 8. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, whether they were bad or whether they were good, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Before we had anything to do with it. We have nothing to brag about. So he he starts off with that in this text of verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy, to be set apart, to be Cleansed, to belong to Him. We're set apart exclusively for Christ, aren't we? We are made, we're chosen, we're made holy, clean, purified, set apart, and then beloved, beloved of God, because He first loved us. We didn't love Him first. He loved us. Humbling, isn't it? It's beautiful. Do we have something to give thanks for? Yeah. We were chosen of God. We've been made holy. And we're loved by Him. So Ephesians 1, verse 4 and 5 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, why? That we would be holy. He's been talking about being renewed, right? And blameless before Him in love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intention of His will. Boy, is that ever clear? I
1: thought
0: it was for His good pleasure. Boy, it keeps on. he keeps going on there and it says that. Right, so this whole purpose of God is that He would take people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, and regardless of whether people would like them or not, brought them all in to one body, call a church. I don't know of any organization like that in all of the world. A church is so unique. God put it together. And they are chosen, they're holy, they're beloved of God. Now, as we continue on, now with this thought of um, this new man, and that's where it all starts. It's all, it all starts with God, doesn't it? And then he says this, now, put on a heart of compassion. That sounds like verse 10 again, doesn't it? And have put on the new self. In one sense, we have put on the new self. Christ did. But then, our everyday walk is we put on these new clothes every day. New clothes. Put on a heart of compassion. Or, uh, Put on clothes. Uh, uh, be enveloped by it. A new man has new clothes. First one here is a heart of compassion. And the word is splachner. It's the seed of the emotions. In the, in the New Testament. It describes it in, in Hebrew. It, it's literally referring to the inward parts of the body. The bowels. The lungs. The liver. You know. The whole inward parts. What? but not so much the physical, but he's talking about the deep emotions in the uh, deep down, in the bowels. And really you think of the heart. A heart of compassion. So he says, okay, here's what Christ looks like. Was he compassionate? Yeah. Okay. The way that you look at a Scythian Jew a Greek or barbarians, for them. Scythians, you had no compassion before at all. You have compassion for the rest of these people. Put that on.
1: Barbarians, you have uh,
2: Scythians, you have compassion and don't go out I say
0: humility. And that's like it's not like saying okay, okay, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it, all right. I know I'm supposed to do this. No, it's having a deep good feel for these people that would have been unloving before. Um, the ancient world was merciless. On um, how about the sick people? Oh yeah, merciless. On the aged people? Oh yeah. How about the helpless? Yeah, It was a merciless world that they live in. They didn't care about them. Christianity is the group of people that started doing things for the aged people, for instance, and all these other people. And hospitals, like in our nation, where did those hospitals come from? All based. Where did the universities come from? Harvard, Yale, Christians, yeah, you name it. University of North Carolina, Duke, South Carolina, all of those were like seminaries. They were all Christian based. All hospitals were Christian based. Wow. Heart of compassion. So, they did things for the aged, the sick, the weak, the children, the women. That's what the church did. That's why this nation is still resembling something like once what we once were, but we know that it's been chunked away. And a lot of that, the towers of ivory have stones that are just been rocked out and they're laying down on the ground. There's a semblance there, but it's not like what it used to be, is it? That's, it seemed like that may be one reason why God has been so patient with us because of the legacy that this nation had. It was very Christian at one time, wasn't it?
3: Well, even our justice system, if you look at any court building, it has Scripture all wow. over our, part, exactly. our courthouse or our um, um, administration building down here. Just covered in scripture. Just everywhere. Yeah.
0: The capital. The capital. Inside everywhere. the capital. Yeah. Outside the capital. Just everywhere. Yeah. But if there are people that would love to, probably about half the people in this nation now would love to strip all that away.
1: Yeah. Don't
3: Oh, they you have to tear down the capitol and you read all the scripture in there. It's what do you think? They're doing? in the walls. Blasting <laughs> <laughs> right it, all it, all <laughs> it all right now. Really they're standing right so they it
1: up right now as we speak. They couldn't do
3: it. Look at They covered it up. Yeah. You
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's underneath all that.
0: Now, so, the heart of compassion is really feeling it. And so they did it. But that's what the early church did. But they're being reminded to be having a heart of compassion then kindness. Greek word there described uh, mellowness with age. Uh, to lose the harshness. And actually the Greek world would use this word to describe wine. That's interesting. You know, wine, what is it? It mellows with age, right? The harshness of it leaves. And so that was the word that they used. Well, this same word here, that Paul is in the way that we are to be in in kindness towards people. The good Samaritan, for instance, right? Jesus used that as an illustration to, uh, should have made Jews very jealous. Made them mad, didn't it? When he's talking about a Samaritan that actually did something that was compassionate and kind. So words that we'd say yes that's a virtue of a Christian you know these words right here were not virtues back at that time in the pagan world or in the Gentile realm the Roman world they didn't like compassion uh, kindness that really was not the norm this is something that is different this is what separates the old man from the new man really.
2: Especially if you see how the Romans trained their soldiers and how, um, uh-huh. like even in bullies in school today, back then, if you were <clears throat> being bullied and you weren't like defending yourself against your bully, then everybody would bully you, even the teachers would bully the one being bullied to try to toughen them up.
0: Yeah, it was a tough world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore, the next word after kindness here, guess what? Is humility. Which goes right along with that thought because the Greeks never applied humility to themselves. They would never want to be called humble because it was a term of weakness. They didn't even have a word for humble. Did you know that? They had no word for that. All their words were meant to be feeble, to be weak, frail, to be walked on—it cont- was a matter of contempt. They hated humility. It Feels
2: like it when you're being humble, it definitely feels like you're being walked on. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and that term—that yeah. term still holds
3: a lot of stigma. Yeah. Humility. People feel yep. like you're being, you know, degraded
2: somehow if you're
0: exactly uh, like a rug to be walked on or something, right?
2: Yeah. I got my word. Weak. Oui. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, have to, there's one man who's older, and there started up some quarrel, because a friend of mine was starting confrontation with me, and I wasn't even in it, <laughs> <laughs> with this older man, because him and this older man were getting into it as who would win. Uh, a fight between me or this old guy oh, <laughs> and when i show up they're like they try to get me involved in it and i'm like reading proverbs and i'm like this is one of those moments where yep. i just keep my mouth shut a little wisdom it. here yeah and, and it's like and the old man he's got pride and so he's like he would win and i'm not saying anything because i'm like this is not this is not just going <laughs>
3: And Can I don't tell know why you about... my name is being thrown in. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it definitely felt like, because I was trying to be humble, and it just felt like he was walking all over me, and then my friend was starting things to, like, try to get me to join in on it. And it just def- definitely didn't feel great. doesn't feel great to just kind of... Did you talk
1: about the story of David and Goliath? Have they ever read that of the scriptures? That's how you handle that. Well, one yeah. of the... One of the <laughs> yeah. um,
3: one of the ways to use that term is humiliated, yeah. mm-hmm. mm. and that's when you say humble or mm-hmm. humility. People think humility,
0: humiliated, that's what they right? Do,
3: despicable. despicable. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, the next word really follows up very well after humility is gentleness. And what does it mean? Get this: steel-like strength under control. You have every, you know, you could have torn the old man up, right? But it's, it, but it's taking that strength and keeping it under control. Being gentle is being under control and then, you know, coming alongside them and showing something. The next word is patience. How many times have we seen this word? I'm always saying that word, macrothumia long temper, never loses patience with fellow man. Insults can come. It should never drive one to anger or wrath. Okay, the next one is bearing with one another, Uh, which means to hold back. You know, you uh, you see how all these words are, are interrelated? You have every right to get right back at him as far as the world was concerned. It means to endure, to hold out in spite of some kind of words that were said against you or some kind of persecution. And we're not to retaliate, to bear one another. We're in a process. Ultimately, we will be masterpieces. We are becoming <laughs> like Christ. We're not masterpieces right now, are we?
3: That really sounds funny. <laughs>
0: It's hard to perceive that right now, isn't it? We're not yet what we're going to be. We need to bear with one another as the process goes on. Okay, the Scythian and the barbarian bear with one another. That's how Christ is. Remember, He said in earlier in the other verse, "The image of the one who created us, He created all." You see somebody and say, Boy, they're really ungodly You know, and then you think, wait a minute. So was I.
3: I'm better God,
0: than that. Yeah, right. We can compare. What if we think, Oh, yeah, God made that person. He made me, but he also made that person. No, it's like
1: what what was I? When he had but when he did me. Yeah. yeah, that's really where you gotta think that. Who was I?
0: Bearing with one another as the process goes up. This is how the church learns how to do this. It starts its practice right in the body of Christ. That's how you learn to do all these things. That's how we're able to do How do we look like Christ? By these things and with people that have totally different backgrounds. And every one of us in here has an absolute different background than the other one. It is amazing. None of us are alike. We came from America. We might have that in common. Most of us didn't even grow up here in Jeff City. Maybe some did. But Most of us know, came from different states.
3: When somebody flips and you know does something that's really out of character, you don't know what everybody's going through. People are so fragile. You just you know and, and you may see somebody from your church doing something that you could be very judgmental about, but you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what happened in their life.
0: So what's the first thing that we ought to do practically? Pray. Pray. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Pray more?
2: <laughs> yep. Like be patient. <laughs> be patient.
0: Be <laughs> patient. <laughs> Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Boy. Charizimanoi, to be gracious. Now, this is the logical result of all that Paul has added up here. Put down the line, here it is. Forgiving each other. It's not enough to do all those other things. You have to be able to forgive. It's not enough to put up with each other, to bear with that person. But I'm not gonna forgive them. <laughs> I'll bear that. Okay, alright. <laughs> That's not enough.
3: But I'll always remember what you I'll did to put me. Up with you. <laughs> <laughs> always remember what you
1: did to me.
0: Who does that resemble? Jesus Christ. When we forgive people that don't deserve it at all, we're being in the image of Christ. Wow. Put on the new man. What's a new man look like? Looks like Christ. What's Christ look like? You know, every word that we've looked at here is what you say. Well, I don't know what Christ looks like. I've never seen Him before. There He is right here. He's right here found in Colossians. Actually, the whole Bible. That's what He looks like. doesn't matter what He looks like outwardly. This is what He is inwardly. This is what we are because He created us. Remember, we're talking about a new creation. A new creation resembles who? Christ. Okay, now, this is really beautiful. Ready for this? And by the way, uh, he had to remind us here. He says, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, then he says this, and this is convicting. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive. I mean, that is convicting, isn't it? You were forgiven, right? Yeah, but they don't deserve it. Oh, you deserved forgiveness from the Lord. If we remind ourselves, oh, He forgave us. Paul had to put that one in there, didn't he?
3: Yeah, because that's probably the hardest thing to do. <laughs> well,
0: I'll
3: forgive, but
0: I'm going to forget. That's right. Especially, It's if really hard. hard. If, you're,
2: if you're like, you're supposed to forgive me because you're a Christian.
0: Now, verse 14. We're moving through this really good tonight, aren't we? Beyond all these things. Okay, that's overwhelming so far, right? He said, yeah, that's Christ-like. But he says, okay, beyond this, something that is much higher than this. You ready? Put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Do you think maybe they might have had some unity problems in Colossae? I think so, but I think everybody is at any time, anywhere. But he says, put on love, that's the perfect bond. If you want to have unity? That's what, well, that makes sense. Of course it is. And you know what he's really saying here? Put on the belt. Because he started with compassion, right? Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, then put the belt on. That is what you take, you know, they had the, the garments of the day that they had and flowing robes and such. They had to have the belt on them to keep those ropes from just flying everywhere, right? And that's what love does. It takes all of these attributes here, these characteristics, and binds it together and makes it it into one. Uh, Comfort, grace. They're held together by a belt. I think it's F.F. Bruce. He says, Love is the grace that binds all these other graces together. Binds them together. The perfect bond of unity. Unites all the spiritual virtues. Takes up all so that there's beauty and there's harmony. So the most important quality of a believer is what? What's the very glue that produces unity in the church?
1: love,
0: in it? Mine, I don't know which version I've got, but it says bond of perfection. Perfect bond of... Okay, I have... What 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 kind of bond? But it's Adjud- all
1: these thing put on love, which is the bond okay. of perfection.
0: The bond of perfection.
3: Binds everything in
0: perfect harmony. Is what mine perfect said. harmony. Per, I've got perfect harmony. Bond of unity. So that word perfection comes in there, right? I have to wonder if that's the word. I wish I knew what that was. I wonder if that's teleos, which is a completion, a perfection. Sometimes uh, it's dealing with uh, a maturity or coming to the very closing point. Uh, Anyway, it's perfect. Right? That perfect bond of unity. All of these other ones are there, then love comes in and binds it. Okay, so
3: here you got it. It says, put on all this stuff. You know, this kindness and humility and all blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, what store do I go to to buy all this stuff so I can just put it on? Right, (laughs) just put it on. And I'll be perfect with all the love and stuff.
0: Well, good question.
3: They're not telling me how. How do you do that? How do you be kind and gentle? My my experience. (laughs) I prayed for patience. I quit praying for patience because the only way you're going to get patience is to be put in a really crappy situation. Trials.
0: Yeah. Could really do it, right? Well. How are you going to do it unless you you do it?
3: (laughs) I wouldn't have prayed for it in the first place. (laughs) Who wants that? Keep your patience. But, you know, you're saying put these things on, well, how exactly are you going to put these
0: things on? Let's go back to verse 10. This is where it all started. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge. Now, that's, that's like epignosis. It's not only knowing it, but it's talking about experiencing it too. It's taking it in. It's like what you're saying. It's doing it. But how do you get renewed? Well, renew your mind daily. It's the word of God, the spirit of God. And then when the experiences come, then be obedient to what your flesh doesn't want to be obedient to. Hey, so well, I don't feel like it and you just use the flesh, right? But you say, "Okay, I'll do it." I'll do it. I'll grit my, you know, well, teeth, I mean, but I'll do it.
3: That start. Exactly. That's okay. I think.
0: Till eventually, that love feeling, that compassion, from the very bowels, now is really there. Yeah.
3: But nice anyway. That's right. <laughs> what you that's
0: the whole idea. None of these are feelings.
1: They are facts.
0: Yeah. It's taking what we know to be true in the Word of God. And this passage right here, this Word of God right here is so practical because it says now do it. It means experience. Okay, inwardly, we already have these things. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good. It's all the same stuff, isn't it? It's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's saying bear that out. Okay, just... Let it come out of you. Mm -hmm. Because your flesh is going to tug at and say, No, 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 don't do that. And we said, But I know what's true because I read this scripture tonight in Colossians and it says I have to be gentle.
3: So all these people that are in this church, the Scythians and barbarians and slaves and all these things, if they weren't in the church, if it was all just, you know, good Greek people, you wouldn't have to do all that. You wouldn't have to worry about it. They're
0: all in the same family there, you know. But now you got different kind of all
3: these crazy people. <laughs> you got to really work. Now you're in the experience. all Now right. you're faced with being nice to people you don't like.
1: Other right. believers in Christ. Yeah. And Reminds it's being you. involved in the church with people that you don't think you have a thing in common with. Right. And it's so that He can teach you. What you do have in
0: common with them. And that's how we develop these things that are so difficult because remember that's why he says put off the old clothes, put on the new. Mm-hmm. In the spiritual walk, that is what we have to do. Take off, put on. Put on the heart of compassion. So now it's actually doing it. And so that's where the experience... How are you going to learn patience unless you have some difficult circumstances to be... You can't show that fruit off until we get to practice it.
1: If, if I yeah. don't do this, then that person, I guess, the practical way is that I'm not showing the love of Christ to that person. So what does that make me? You know, that still goes back to the thing as a younger brother, or a younger believer. Mm. You can't not show them. You have to show them the love of Christ and all these other attributes so they too can learn those things.
0: And that sums it up. Okay.
2: You are allowed to rebuke each other, though. I do...
0: Sure, it's not like... Love, it takes in a lot of things. Love can take in warnings. If if we love somebody and they're getting ready to be attacked by a a lion, but we don't want to hurt their feelings and and destroy the happiness that they're having at the time because they're really enjoying it, say, how dare you tell me about a lion? But if you tell them about that lion, it's going to eat you up. You know, get out of the way. Come here. Start running. Get out of there. You know, the same way it is with the gospel. If we don't come in with the gospel and show that people are in, here's your bad news. You know, yeah, you're in danger because you're a sinner and you're, you've got the wrath of God coming upon you. That doesn't sound very loving, but is it loving? Yeah, because if you don't tell them that warning, they'll never know, right? Unless God works another way, which He will. Okay, now what we got to do is we're at the end of the time. Here we do, we package this all up, right? We got that belt there. And he says in 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is part of that, making this happen because He's Lord here. He's ruling. And no matter what I think or I feel, here's what He tells me to do. He's the ruler. He's the Lord. And the peace of Christ, and peace here is dealing with an agreement, a pact, a treaty, a covenant. It's also dealing with rest. It's dealing with security. So there's an agreement and security behind that word irony, peace. And it it starts a salvation. It's having a personal peace of Christ. Oh, if I could only have peace, right? You hear people say that all the time. It's a presence of Christ, peace is, and it's peace with others. So I think it takes in all of that. It's not only peace with God, because we were once enemies, but it's a personal peace that Christ is in us. He calms us down, doesn't He? And then His presence is always there. And then we have peace with others in the church. And it's ruling in our hearts. Now rule means brabuo, and it means like an umpire deciding the outcome of an athletic contest. Let the peace of Christ be the umpire in your heart. Let the peace of Christ be your counselor. So that's how we take it on whenever the flesh rises up in its evilness and wickedness and rises up and wants to dominate. And you take the peace of Christ and let it be your counselor and it guides us into making decisions. And so this really comes into how do we do it. and, And so that's how we do it. And by the way, when you get into verse 16, it'll even get more explicit because he says, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. And then we get into the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs and all that. That's next week. But let's finish up 15 because this was all about Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) Are you thankful that you are a new man, a new person, and that He's given you all of these things through the the Spirit to be able to live out a life that is totally contradictory to the flesh? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which indeed you were called. There's our election again. How do you have peace? You realize you are elected. You're beloved. In one body. In one body. The Scythians, the Greeks, the Jews, slave, free men. You were called in one body from all those directions. And be thankful. Thankful. How else could this happen? Only God can put those people to, to be together and they're all thankful because of what He's done and bringing us in as new people. Is this, you know, if we have peace? Can we say thanks for everything? Thankfulness is a constant theme in Colossians from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 4. We could go through that. Don't have enough time. But I will say that it's a mark of a Christian. So peace, thankfulness, they're closely linked. And so, when you have Thanksgiving this week, national holiday, you have Thanksgiving every day, don't you? Because you have peace with Christ. It rules in your heart. And you won't be at odds with that other person no matter what they say because... Your true peace is right here. And you let that rule. And you do what you know to be right. It's called obedience. That's how we do these impossible things. And God has just demanded because to the Greeks and the Gentiles and to the Scythians and the barbarians, this is ridiculous stuff. This is stupid stuff. They didn't live life like that. Tell you, order, you what,
3: that's true today. That's ridiculous like that. to people.
1: But then when they do try it out, they go. Oh.
0: But if you say the word love, everybody says, "Oh yeah," but they're thinking of a different kind of love. Or if you say peace, they go, "Yeah, peace." I'm always after peace, peace, peace. But it's all—it's the peace of Christ. Do you feel peaceful? It's because Christ. But then. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening and thank you for a time of thanksgiving. You are the one we thank for everything. Lord, you have blessed us more than we can even imagine. We can't even begin to count all the blessings that you've given us on the outside, but what you've given us on the inside of these things we just read, Lord. We are capable to be like Christ as He rules in our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.